0: We all can have a seat. And good morning once again. Uh, as I said earlier, my name is Jacob Smith. I'm the teaching pastor here at Anderson College. But guess what? Today we've got the stools and the little table, and that can only mean one thing it's getting crazy at Anderson College. Uh, sure, sure. Oh, yeah, with palindromes, no less. That's uh, a Well, in honor of Palindrome Day, we have asked, I have asked, Allison Ledette our wonderful women's coordinator to join oh ooh. wow fan club yeah 11 <laughs> likes you more than 9 i guess i don't think <laughs> yeah. they cheered for you thank guys uh, we them. but we are going to hear from the word of god uh, a lot of a lot of uh, the morning through Allison Ladat as she talks on biblical womanhood. But uh, to kind of set it up, I just want to let you guys know, remind some of you, and tell some of you for the very first time uh, that we are currently in the middle of a series, uh, teaching series rooted in the book of Proverbs. Uh, And the book of Proverbs is essentially just this really amazing collection of divine wisdom, of wisdom that God has given to his people to help them guide, uh, navigate life in every circumstance, in every season, right? Because all of us, every single one of us, we want to make better decisions. We want to live with fewer regrets. And thankfully, our God has given us loving guidance to bring those things about, to help us navigate. And so everything in Proverbs is not necessarily a promise. It's not a perfect, uh, you know, mathematical formula where one plus one is always two, but there are general principles to apply and to guide us as we make decisions in attempting to be wise, and and, and the goal of this is really um, to find the best path. Like that's that's why we're calling it the best because God wants our best, and it's it's it's, it's a desire that he has, born out of a love, a deep affection for his people. And so as we look through this wisdom, we're going to find that it applies to lots of areas of life, but we're starting these first four weeks looking at different relationships and how God's wisdom intersects with the different uh, communities that we have in our lives. That's why the very first week uh, we looked at the best friends. We looked at the best type of community, the best kind of friendships. Um, what does that entail? What does it cost us, but then what does, how does it benefit? Uh, last week we looked at the best man at biblical principles for what it means to be a man, essentially a wise man. How to not be a fool, how to not be naive, but how to be a wise man. This morning, as I said, Allison's going to be walking us through the the best woman how to be a productive woman, not falling into the traps of being the seductive woman or the destructive woman, um, but instead living out a life where your character and your conduct are pointing people towards Christ as a woman. And then next week, we'll be kind of wrapping up the relationship section uh, with the best leader. How do we use our influence in the best way possible with wisdom that brings benefit to ourselves and to the people that are following us? Uh, So for all of these things, I mean, it's, it's a lot. We're covering a lot over these weeks, and so I would encourage you. If we've hit a topic that you missed, that you weren't here for, you're like, "Wait, best man? I, that I'm that I'm a man? <laughs> cool, glad you're here." Uh, but also, uh, you can always find all of our stuff on our podcast. Uh, we upload our talks every single week. If you go through your iTunes or Overcast or whatever you use. Um, search Grace College, it'll pop up. It's a great way to get caught up on those topics that we've covered that maybe you want to go back to and follow up on. We also, uh, I, one of the, my favorite things we do as a ministry these days is we put together a reading plan that coincides with these Sunday uh, series. And so if you go through your Version Bible app, search The Best or Grace College, um, you'll find this series. And essentially, it's, it's it's an opportunity for you to spend kind of daily time in the Word with connected passages. So it's going to cover Proverbs that we don't go through on a Sunday morning. It's going to cover other biblical passages that are connected to the same theme of friendship or manhood or womanhood. But this is simply a way for you to continue to immerse yourself in the Word of God, to open your ears to hearing His instruction. Uh, Because that's the goal, right? That we would all be learning um, every day from our God who knows us, who loves us, who wants what's best for us. For us. So this morning, uh, we are focusing specifically on the best woman, and what we're going to find is that the productive woman is ultimately worthy of our aspiration as women and our attention as men. Right, so this is similar to last week, how we looked at the three types of men laid out in Proverbs, the naive, the fool, and the wise. Uh, this morning, Allison's going to be showing us three types of women laid out in Proverbs. And spoiler alert, the best one is the productive woman. And so if, we are, if you are a woman, this is who you want to be. If you are a man, this is who you want to be with. So Allison, tell us. We're not starting with the good one though we're starting with yeah. the stinkers
1: <laughs> two stinkers Bummer. here we go awesome yeah so we'll be looking at three different types of women the seductive, as Jacob said, the destructive and then the productive and um, we'll look at the description of each there's about three different descriptions um, of each type of woman, and then we'll look at the direction that they're they're going and um, the first one is the seductive woman, so um for this this Uh, woman we're going to look at specifically in Proverbs 7. Um, It's kind of a story. I'll give you all a little background of this proverb. It's um, written by a dad to his son, warning him to stay away from the adulterous woman. Um, This passage describes a young man who, he, you know, just wanders out at night, walking down the street to this woman's house, um, and then she meets him on the way there, conveniently. Um, And this, this particular woman lays the flattery down thick. She, and, the, and the fool falls for it. He, he, she traps him, and, and he gets trapped. Um, <laughs> it's the, usually the way it works. But uh, and, and one of the characteristics of this seductive woman seen in Proverbs 7 is that she is deceptive. It says, so he's walking down the street, and suddenly a woman came out to meet him. She was dressed like a prostitute with secret intent. So it says secret intent. Another translation says that she is wily of heart. This means that she's guarded. She's, she's locked up her plan. She gives nothing away, which is ironic because the way that she's dressed gives everything away. She um, is totally contrasted with her intentions. She's um, manipulative. And um, the important thing to know is that the purity of heart shows itself in the modesty of dress. Um, girls, Ask yourself when you get dressed in the morning, um, what are my intentions in, in wearing this? You can look cute and, and have pure intentions. And do you have secret motives when you're putting on a specific shirt? What, how can you dress in a way that, is, that protects our brothers in Christ and honors God? Um, this woman clearly has a game plan. She, she approaches this young man. She sees him. She knows exactly what she wants, and she will do whatever it takes to get it. Um, and her motivations were totally selfish. It says, she turned him aside with her persuasions. With smooth talk, she was enticing him along. She enticed this man by presenting um, what she had to offer. But the funny thing is, is what this seductive woman has to offer is not a last, lasting promise. It will not last. It will not um, fulfill anybody in, the, in this situation. Also, her tempting words um, are smooth, It says, For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her seductive words are smoother than olive oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. So she uses she's a smooth talker, she uses her flattery to fill her needs. But in the end, she's bitter. And she uses her flattery that and sweet talking, which only leads to bitterness and grief. It's deceiving and it's evil. And we don't want to be this woman and we want to stay away from the deceptive woman. Also, we see uh, that the seductive woman is reckless. So he, he's walking down the street. She sees him. She's, I don't know what she says, but quickly she grabs him and kisses him. And with a bold expression, she said to him, I have meat for my peace offerings at home. Today I have fulfilled my vows. Ooh. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So she is not holding back. This girl did not wait to be pursued by the guy. She sees him, goes after him, grabs him, and then lays one on him. And and. You know this this way of acting is glamorized in TV shows and movies, and it's it's often seen as sexy and attractive. But the truth is, as seen in Proverbs, that this is not a characteristic of a godly woman. Um, this aggressive, reckless behavior um, does not show control or um, patience. It's um, it's not going to satisfy at all. So, um, so in verse fourteen, she mentions that she has meat from her peace offerings, and I thought this was interesting. I looked it up. One commentator said that um, she probably wanted this guy to assume her, one, prosperity, and, or two, her piety. So um, usually when you offer a peace offering to the Lord, you do it for, there's a few reasons why you would offer a peace offering to the Lord, but one of them is to give thanks for his generosity or to um, praise him for his goodness. So she might be saying, um, I just gave a peace offering to the Lord because I am, I am so set. Um, I got all the money. I will not take a dime from you. Like, I got everything back at home. Don't worry. She's flexing for sure. And then and then she also wants to um, show off maybe her holiness. She wants to um, tell this guy, look, God and I are good. Don't worry. Like, we're in good standing. Um, I love God. I offer sacrifices to him and um yeah, just draw them in that way. I have a
0: Bible verse in my Insta profile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: My Instagram bio, I have Bible <laughs> verse. I go to church, I pray, We're come on over, we're good. Um, and then after she, she makes that weird flex, she says, uh, that's why I came out to meet you, to look for you, and I have found you. So she's flattering him by essentially saying that um, the meat from her, her peace offering, she doesn't want to share it with anybody else. That he is the only one that she wants. And and how can he say no to that? That's pretty enticing and manipulative and evil and reckless. So that is um, a way of a seductive woman. And then next, she we see how discontent this woman is. So it, it says that she... It, Draws him in even more by saying come let 's drink deeply of love making until the morning let 's delight ourselves with love 's pleasures for my husband is not at home. he has gone on a journey of some distance. he has taken a bag of money with him. he will not return until the end of the month. Um, another translation says the first sentence says come let 's take our fill of love and this is really sad because she 's clearly mistaken. This is not love this This is not love. this is a picture of lust. Um, sex outside the confines of marriage distort your understanding and your experience of love. It will never satisfy you you It might feel good in the moment um and but it will always leave you empty and wanting more and but ladies and men um love from god it 's patient it 's pure it 's kind. It's gentle it's not secretive it's not manipulative it's not aggressive it's not demanding um, and and that's not what we see in this proverb. the love that she's seeking after is a true sign that she's dissatisfied with everything else in her life. It says here that she has a husband she's married and and she's evidently well off because um, she, her husband left you know maybe a business trip for who knows how long, and took some money with him. But she's not left, you know, scrounging for food. She's clearly doing well. She has all the oils to um, dress her bed up with or whatever it says. And she's, um, she's set. So she, marriage and money, though, it's not enough for her. Um, it clearly doesn't satisfy her. She's just, she just wants more and more. And she's willing to take from others to be filled up for herself. We see that her, her deception and her reckless behavior worked. It worked on this fool. Um, She reeled him in successfully, and later on in Proverbs 7, it says that suddenly he was going after her like an ox that goes to the slaughter, like a stag prancing into a trapper's snare until arrow pierces his liver, like a bird hurrying into a trap, and he does not know that it will cost him his life. He gave himself over to death, and uh, that is the direction that this type of woman is headed. This man we see is not the only victim, though. Um, to end the chapter, the, the dad warns his son. It says, Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not wander into her pathways. For she has brought down many fatally wounded, and all those she has slain are many. So she's done it before, and she will do it again. She will deceive many with her reckless behavior and lead many down the path to death and destruction. Because she's never satisfied. She's never content. One after another, she's just seeking to fill herself up, and it's not working. She will use you up and then toss you away. She'll just drop you because you didn't do it for her. So death, Um. yeah, Her says her house is the way to the grave, going down to the chambers of death. Now, this death might not mean that, like, you, you might— not die if you go over to this woman's house. But what it means is that it causes separation. Um, you might die, but most likely, uh, I don't know. Um, but most likely you'll be separated, um, separated from God, separated from people in your life. Um, it's a death of relationships. It's the absence of joy and um, the death of true life. You won't, you, this is not the way of experiencing true life. Um. So the seductive woman lures the simple-minded with her appearance. She lacks self-control, and she leaves others feeling empty. She seeks a distorted view of love that will never satisfy. And another place that we often see um, distortion is social media. (laughs) Cute. Yeah, well, it's cute until it's not. When you see the uh, behind the scenes of deception, things get weird. So, um, ladies, the, uh, some questions that I think is, they're important to ask yourself to determine, am I the seductive woman? These are some things that you can um, just be thinking through. One is, do I lack self-control and allow my feelings and desires to dictate my actions? Do I feel something and act immediately? Or do I show control in the way that I express my feelings and my emotions? Am I seeking after things that leave me feeling empty and dissatisfied? Are you, are you discontent with your relationships? Are you discontent with your possessions and the attention you receive? Or are you always seeking after one more like on Instagram or one more guy to like me or one more really cute shirt or whatever it is? Um, is what you have never enough? And do you present yourself in a way that's misleading? Is the way that you dress, behave, speak, respond to others? Are, are you leading someone on just to fill yourself up and get attention that you are craving? And men, are you interested in the seductive woman? Here are some questions to think through. Do you feel like, like you need to hide your interests from, or, or motives from your community? Are you um, walking down the street at night to her house? Are you being secret and... and um, you know, closing yourself off from community and friends, or can you be honest about your intentions and your motives? And why do you like this girl? Why are you interested in her? Are people asking you these questions in a way that you're able to honestly answer that you have pure motives, um, or does she pull you in direction that and um, directions that maybe cause you to compromise different areas? Also, is your attraction based entirely on physical appearance? Maybe she's. She's beautiful, and she always dresses cute, and she smells super nice. But um, can you sit across from her and uh, have an hour-long or hours-long conversation um, and really engage with each other on a deeper level? Um, Are you paying attention to the holistic person in front of you? Also, does she exercise control in how she shows affection, or is she flirting with all the guys at the date party? And does she look for ways to serve others? Or is she always trying to be served? Is she a giver or is she a taker? What characterizes her most? And my encouragement to you, uh, men and women, is women fill up. Um, it's, it's lonely out there and it's easy to feel empty. And it's our natural draw is to crave attention from others. But that's not where we're meant to, to get satisfaction Um, it's through God's word is where we can learn about our true value and where our worth is and um, be satisfied in, in him alone. So, and men be on guard. So here's some practical um, steps to fill or things, resources that I found really helpful in my life um, that helped me fill up with God's word is one, the Bible recap podcast. Um, It's, a woman named Carol, Tara Lee Cobble. She goes through, she follows a chronological Bible study that you can read the whole Bible in a year. And then each day she releases a, a podcast that does like a summary and highlights different things from that day's reading plan that you can learn. I mean, it's super interesting. She does a really great job. She knows her truth and it makes reading the Bible fun. So even the Old Testament, things that are super intimidating, maybe you've you've never read the Bible front to cover or cover to cover because you're intimidated and the old testament is just scary but i think if you do this um and you invite friends along too to talk about what you've learned it's it's a lot it's a lot more fun um that way and and you don't have to start on january 1st just because it's you know oh two oh two two oh two oh does not mean (laughs) that you can't start reading the bible cover to cover now um, and then next seamless it 's a really great, awesome, simple seven week Bible study um, written by Angie Smith. She walks through the people, places, and promises of the whole Bible and ties it all together seamlessly Ooh. and I did this this is uh, the study that I did a few years back before I read the Bible um all the way through, and it was super helpful, and I felt more equipped and confident in my knowledge and um, I, I really enjoyed it, so highly recommend. Also, another way to fill up is be in community. Are you um, surrounded by other women who love God and are willing to point you to Jesus? Um, and if not, uh, we have a ton of awesome groups that meet throughout the week that um, go through the Word together, and be, they're just they serve it as encouragement and community because. It, the truth is it's so common to feel lonely and empty. And um, without Jesus, we have this gaping hole in our heart that can't be filled by um, other people. But he puts people in our path to be encouraging and to to fill us up and remind us of where our identity is and, and who we are in Christ. And so if you haven't, and if you're not in, already in a group, I highly recommend taking a picture of this link or putting it on your phone and um, And filling out the quick form, and we'll get you connected in a group this week. We can, um, we're on it. So if you fill it out, we'll um, have you connected. And men, be on guard, guard your heart and um, guard your body. guard Guard your heart. Don't let your mind wander into dangerous fantasies. Don't think on things that aren't helpful. Um, Fill your mind with truth and good things that are pure. And guard your body. Don't go near or stay near someone who encourages impurity. Don't play with fire because you'll you'll get burned. So next, um, we are going to look at the destructive woman. And she is described as a very combative woman. It says that, It is better to live on a corner of the housetop than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. So, in, in a few places in Proverbs, it says, it says the same thing, basically, that it's better to have no company than bad company, especially in the company of a peevish woman, somebody who is easily peeved or easily irritated um, over unimportant things. Um, it's super miserable life to live. I don't know if you have anybody like this in your life, but um, or if you are one, but it's, it's miserable. It's pretty miserable. It's just never—she's always pointing out the negative things. She's just—you're on edge. What is she about to say? If I say one thing, am I going to set her off? Um, she's constantly yapping at you over the 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 smallest issues. And um, so Proverbs says you're better off alone in the woods than to be cooped up with this crazy woman. Um, also, it so it, again, it says, "...it is better to live in the wilderness than with a quarrelsome and easily provoked woman." So women, we have a lot of emotions and emotions are good, God, God gave us emotions and they're healthy, but, or they can be healthy. Um, but the destructive woman, she lets her feelings in the moment dictate how she acts. She's easily provoked. The problem is that, um, you're, you're just going to be walking on eggshells around her and, um, you'll never know what will set her off. And it's just, it's not a fun person to be around. The destructive woman is also critical. In, 27 15 through 16 it says a continual dripping on a rainy day a contentious wife makes herself like that whoever contains her has contained the wind or can grasp oil with his right hand so that <laughs> the continual dripping if you've ever been in a room or in a house or a can find space and you hear this drip drip Trip. It's not like white noise. I don't think you can ever get used to it. It is the most irritating sound ever. And after time, you just want to pull your hair out. makes you go crazy. And that's what this woman's like. It's pretty, you don't want to be yoked with this type of woman for the rest of your life. Um, she always has something negative to say. She's always pointing out the flaws of others. Um, everyone always seems to be in her way. She's, there's always an issue with everybody else. Um, and, and she's destroying all the people who are closest to her. She's, she's unpredictable, like trying to control the wind. Have you ever done that? No, you haven't. You can't. It's impossible. And you don't know what, when she's going to blow or what she's going to blow over. And then she's unconsolable, like trying to grasp oil with your right hand, which is disgusting and messy. And um, you also can't do it ever. But you can try and let me know.
0: Put out a towel before you try. <laughs> yeah.
1: And wash your hands a bunch after. And wash your hands after. Yeah, nasty. So, yeah.
0: which I, I I said this last service. I think it's it's interesting um, how if you guys were here last week, you know, like these are these are the really the same descriptors as they had for men who they describe as the fool. Like it's a, there's a lot of parallels between um, the destructive woman and the fool in that uh, you know it's the same kind of like just always looking for a fight, just like what. <laughs> And then also the just like the creating division where it's unnecessary, the like unwillingness to let something go, the inability to just like pave over past hurts or past wrongs, even if they were justified mistakes by the other person, um, the unwillingness to just forgive and move forward creates this unbelievably, yeah, drippy life, which is, ugh.
1: (laughs) Yes. I, have,
0: I own a home. I know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. My wife does too. Sorry. Um, but we'll get there. We'll get a plumber someday.
1: Yeah, yeah. So not only is she drippy, but she's also loud. Um, it says that a woman called Folly is brash. She's naive and does not know anything. So brash means that she's self-assertive in a rude, noisy, or overbearing way. Uh, another translation says that the woman Folly is loud. Um, but I want to point out that there is a difference between having a loud personality and being loud. I think that it can be really awesome to to be friends and be associated with people who are vibrant and outgoing and um, passionate, and that's not a bad thing. God creates women with passion and with an outgoing personality, and that doesn't automatically mean like, oh, they're brash. Oh, that girl's so brash. No, I think she. You can. I don't know. Um, but, but, but. If you're loud, that means that, that you're, you're always raising your voice. You have this harsh tone about you. You're saying harsh words, and you're constantly interrupting or speaking over people. There's a very like clear difference um, that if you pay attention to somebody's character, you can tell. Are they, they have a loud personality, or are they loud? Um, they're, they're not the same thing. So, the loud woman also rejects discretion. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who rejects discretion nasty. This woman, she doesn't think before she speaks. She just says whatever is on her mind, and, um, might as well just, might as well just stick your jewelry up a pig's nose, because that's how gross, that's how gross it is. Uh, also, she gossips. So it says, the one who goes about gossiping reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with someone who's always opening his mouth. This woman cannot be trusted. Um, it's, it's not fun to have a friend who talks about other people to you behind their back because then you kind of lack, like, oh, maybe I can't trust her with my secrets because she might go and tell somebody else. Um, that She is just not, doesn't know when to stop talking and is talking behind people's back all the time, and it's, um, it's, not, a great, it's not a good quality. The direction that this woman is going is of despair. Um, it's better to live in the wilderness again than with a quarrelsome and easily provoked wife woman um so you might as well live in live all alone than to be stuck with an easily angered, hypercritical, and untrustworthy woman the destructive woman picks fights and she picks people apart and no one does that better than the mean girl oh my god i love your skirt where did you get it uh it was my mom's in the 80s vintage so adorable thanks <laughs> That is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh my God, I love your bracelet. Where did you get it? (laughs) So are you going to send any candy canes? No. I don't send them. I just get them. I just get them. Um, Regina George, the meanest of them all. And she was, she might have looked all put together on the outside, but I imagine she was full of despair. And in the end of the movie, she gets run over by a bus
0: let's pray and get out of here yeah. <laughs> there you go <laughs> Remember, that's all yeah.
1: so if you've never seen the movie which last service not many people did
0: oh yeah how many of you have never seen the movie Mean Girls you've never watched it
1: not, I know not that many
0: that's... not that many that's, a, hey, that's okay yeah, it's a little better all are welcome is... here yeah uh but Forget yeah. the
1: Super Bowl. Go watch Mean Girls. Yeah, after the Super Bowl
0: or during halftime. Yeah, halftime. You don't need J Lo. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she is the the picture perfect Mean Girl. She picks fights and she's constantly picking people apart, and no one wants to be true friends with her. All of her friendships were fake, and it's just a life of misery and loneliness. Um, so my encouragement: um, women look up, and men look out. Girls, if if um, if you think you might be the destructive woman, here are some questions to, to ask yourself. How long has it been since I had not have a, had a fight with my family and my friends? You might have a really um, tough family situation and be with you might have parents that don't know the Lord or are not supportive and they, they're mean and critical. But are you doing your best to live at peace with everyone? Um, or are you constantly just picking fights with your family and friends and turning your anger out on other people, um, creating dis- disarray? Is drama a regular part of my life? Are, are the relationships around you in constant need of de- repair? Are you constantly having to apologize or, or not apologize? Maybe you should apologize. Or is, are there people constantly getting their feelings hurt by you and things that you say that um, maybe unintentionally, but just constantly hurt and cut people deeply? And then do you often share people's private stories in public to get a laugh or reaction? Are you able to keep secrets? Are you um, trustworthy? And men, are you interested in the destructive woman? Is she always pointing out the negative side of things? Is she negative Nancy? And if so, run. Um, Does she take every opportunity to start an argument? Is she always just nitpicking at the tiniest things, things that are not important, always starting up arguments? How does she talk about her friends and family when they're not around? Is she honoring and kind, or is she harsh and full of gossip? So like I said, women look up i think it's it's in our nature to be negative and it's so much easier to complain about things than to like say things that are positive and upbeat because um it we're just surrounded by a lot of negativity, especially in, in like social media and everything. And so my encouragement is to fix your eyes on Jesus. He is pure, he is good, he is right. And when you constantly are fixed on him, you'll start to see beauty around you in ways that you might have never noticed before. And it'll start to become easier to, to speak about things that are positive and you might not even start notice the negative things around you anymore. Um, and some practical ways to do that is start a gratitude journal. At the end of every day, you can write maybe five things or start out with five. Maybe start out with one thing you're grateful for that day. And then soon you'll be, you'll be um, um, exercising that muscle and, and becoming stronger and seeing things around you that are, are good and right and um, worthy of praise. And then also fast from complaining. Get some girlfriends and um, challenge each other. Like, hey, let's take this day. Let's take a couple days. Let's take this week and not complain about anything. And and it's hard. I don't know if you've ever tried to do it, but it is not an easy task. But you can make it fun. You can say, okay, the, if you complain, you have to pay me a five dollars or one dollar. And if I complain, I'll pay you five dollars. And then and then debrief and don't don't beat yourself up for complaining, but just. Just practice, and God will totally bless that. I think um, just being aware of the way that you're speaking about situations and people in your life is really important. And men, look out. Pay attention to how she's treating others. What is her attitude and what are her actions towards the people that she's closest to and that she's most comfortable with now? Because the shade that she's throwing at her roommates is exactly how she's going to treat you once y'all start living together or whenever. Um, okay, we've made it. Rough. Yeah. Tough.
0: Rough, tough. Really bummer, tough. bummer. But bummer, now bummer. the good one. Productive. Productive woman. We've
1: made it. Okay. So the productive woman, we're going to be specifically looking at Proverbs 31. Um, and I, I want to remind you all before we dive in that um, it's important to remember that this is not... Uh, the law. This is wisdom literature. And so you don't have to fe- go into this feeling discouraged. I think it's, it's a common feeling when we read Proverbs 31, if you've ever read through Proverbs 31, to feel like as a woman, you're inadequate. You'll never measure up. But um, the truth is we can never measure up to this ideal. This is like... Um, the prototype written by a mom to her son. She's like, here is the perfect woman that you should marry. And she just picked all these perfect qualities and put them together into one imaginary woman. That So you do not have to read it as the law. It's not. Um, it is the, a list of aspirations that we should live to, uh, strive for, but um, it, it's not something that we will ever attain. And so be free. Yeah.
0: Again, super similar to even when we talked about the wise man last week about how the wise man is not perfect. It's not that, you know, yeah, that's not the, the end goal is not perfection because we, that's unattainable. But the, the wisdom comes out of a willingness to work on what is where failure occurs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the willingness to put in the effort. It's the willingness to trust in the Lord uh, to produce that change over time. Right. Um, so, yeah, super similar to yeah. the, the productive woman.
1: Right, yeah, again, it's not, it's not a job description to live by. And men, it's not a shopping list for women. Um, it's, Proverbs 31 is an example of God's abundance and how over time, as we, um, he, he gives us this grace to live more like this woman as we know and love him more. And so we could go through and use many words to describe this woman, but we're just gonna focus on a few. And the first being, she is dependable. Uh, it says, her husband's heart has trusted her, and he does not lack the dividends. This woman woman's husband has full confidence in his wife's ability to excel at her responsibilities. She works hard. Um, she does her job well, and um, brings dividends to the household. So dividends, interesting thing about that is, I looked it up in the Hebrew word for um, dividends is shalal, which means it usually refers to plunder or spoil that's like obtained from war. But in this context, um, the, it refers to a gain in a more broad sense. So not maybe not necessarily monetarily, but or monetary gain, but gain that comes through the work of another person. So it's clear that um, this woman... Maybe brings in some dough, but she also brings in um, a lot of other great things and, and good reputation. A lot of people um, look at her family highly because of the way that she acts and conducts herself. Um, and yeah, people, people trust her. People trust her to get work done. And um, she's super productive. She's also dignified her clothing was strong and splendid, and she laughed at the time to come. Another translation says she is clothed with strength and dignity. So just as clothes immediately indicate something of the nature and circumstance of the person, so do these virtues. Her strong character is obvious to the people around her. And, and in contrast to the um, seductive woman, this woman, when people see her, they it, the way she's dressed communicates her um, character. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's strong. People notice it. She also doesn't fear tomorrow. To live in fear of the Lord means to trust him with all her days. She isn't afraid of what's going to come because she trusts that God is sovereign and he's good and that he's watching over her. And so she lives confidently and can laugh um, about tomorrow. She also speaks with wisdom. Uh, her clothing was strong and splendid. Oh, oh, wow. Oh. Oops. oh. Sorry, I'm pushing it. Okay, there we go. she she has opened her mouth with wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. So she speaks with wisdom. She speaks with kindness and love. People come to this woman with their problems, and and they want to hear her wise counsel. They, they want to know what her opinion is because she is so kind and they trust her heart is good. And um, that's the kind of woman that you want to be around. You're not, you, you don't go to women like for advice necessarily because they're, you know, oh, she's like super skinny and beautiful and has the best clothes and so she's going to change my life. You go to a woman because she's wise and kind and gentle and she cares about you. And, and that's a uh, characteristic of this woman. She also, um, oh, Jake. oh I did it. Okay. okay. Her children have risen and called her blessed. Her husband also has praised her. So her, the people closest to her, her children and her husband have reason to praise her and call her blessed. And I think this is really awesome. It's a great, um, something to notice is that she treats the people in her inner circle, just like she treats the people in her outer circle. I think it's, it's easy for us to, you know, let our guard down and be kind of a little more rude with our family and friends because they, they know us and they'll love us anyway. But this man, this woman's uh, husband and children um, praise her because she's the same. uh, She has integrity. She's consistent in her character. Um, She's kind to everybody in her family and those who are poor and needy. And I want to mention that kind of as we're going through, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk about her husband and her children. And uh, I think it's, it might cause us single ladies to tune out, like, oh, this does not apply to me, clearly, because I can't be a Proverbs 31 woman until I'm married or I have children or whatever. Um, but if you, if maybe after the service, go and read all of Proverbs 31 and notice that all of her skills and, um, her characteristics don't depend on her husband and children. They just play out in those relationships. She conducts herself in this way because, um, and she has these skills because she exercises wisdom in everything that she does. It's not because she's married. It's because she fears the Lord that she acts this way. And so the standards for a virtuous wife are the same standards for a virtuous woman, single or married. So it applies to all of us. So you can tune, tune back in, listen up to the last point. Yeah, thank you. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. A woman who fears the Lord, she makes herself praiseworthy. So the truth is that every good thing in this woman's life is a direct result of her relationship with God. She fears the Lord. And that means to feel the weight of his holiness as you love and obey him. This is what characterizes this type of woman, her fear of the Lord, her genuine desire from the core of who she is to love and obey God. So if I listed every character trait that we should be and we, we should aspire to be as a Proverbs 31 woman, we would be in here for a long time. But, but the truth is without a relationship with Jesus, without the fear of the Lord, none of these aspirations amount to anything. It doesn't matter. You can try all you want, but if you are not filled up with the love of God, um, you will always fall short. And the direction that this woman uh, is headed is praise. So if a woman fears the Lord, it means that she trusts God. She delights in God. She stands in awe of God and his ways. And then ultimately, she's relying on God for everything. Um, But this doesn't mean that she's perfect. I think uh, it's important to remember that not, not a single woman in the Bible was perfect, right? Like Rahab and Mary Magdalene, they were prostitutes. Ruth was a widow from a pagan nation. The woman at the well divorced five times. Mary was too young. Elizabeth was too old. Um, but the thing that they all had in common uh, was that they loved God. They feared the Lord, and they, they were sold out for him, and God used them. Um, and, and that can be the same for any of us. God takes men and women who are broken, and he makes much of his name through them. And so you can, you can be encouraged that even if you um, have had a past of being seductive or destructive, God can use you. You're never too far gone. And if we really had to drill down on it, it means that God is ultimately the one to be praised for this woman. Uh, Example, it's kind of like if I bring you the best lasagna that you've ever had for dinner, but it was just leftovers from what my mom made the night before, right? You can praise me and be like, oh my gosh, this is the best lasagna I've ever had in my life. But really my mom is the one that should be praised because she did the cooking. I just was, it just came from her to you through my hands. So yay me, but also yay mom. Um, Everything praiseworthy about this woman is rooted in who God is to her, um, which means that God is to be praised. And so it's, I think that's encouraging and important to remember that this woman is not the hero. Jesus Christ is our hero. Um, She points to our hero, and Jesus Christ, he he fulfills us. He is the one that came to earth and he lived the perfect life that none of us are capable of living, men and women. And, we, and he died the death that we deserved and then came back to life three days later so that if you, by grace through faith, um, trust in God, uh, then, then he can make you new. He can do a great work in you and transform your heart and mind um, and, and that you can become a productive woman and a wise man and experience true life in him. So, the productive woman is not perfect but pursues excellent, seeks God and is secure in him. The productive woman's character and conduct point to Jesus. Okay, like Okay. Like Oh, Siri doesn't understand. <laughs> the Elizabeth Elliot. Oh yeah. Elizabeth Elliot um is is a woman who is, is productive. She was a missionary and an author, and um, I highly recommend a lot of her books that she wrote. Um, she says that the fact that I am a woman does not make me a different kind of Christian, but the fact that I am a Christian makes me a different kind of woman. And if you haven't heard her story, I highly recommend picking up her book. It's really um, encouraging to read women who live differently because of God. Like in the next, um, I have, yeah, this book by Eric Metaxas is called Seven Women. Um, it's an incredible biography that he, he wrote stories about seven different women who lived, um, and, and and changed the course of history by following God's call in their lives as women. So, um, some questions to ask as, as you're thinking through, am I a productive woman? Are you cultivating a deep relationship with Jesus? Are you regularly reading his word and speaking to him through prayer? Are you more concerned with your character than your outward appearance? You can, beauty is fleeting. Um, and, and it's, it's easy to strive after beauty, but we're all getting older. We're all getting more wrinkly and uglier, but character, if you, if you work on it, it's going to become more beautiful with time. So are you surrounded with people who are rooted in who God is? Are you in community? And lastly, uh, men, are you interested in a productive woman? Are you pursuing God and serving others? Uh, Is she pursuing God and serving others? Does she have a good reputation? Is she surrounded by Christian community? And for application, um, it's kind of the same for for both. Women, I encourage you to seek God. Uh, And men, be observant. If you feel, again, like you're too far gone, there's so much hope. You're not. God can still use you. And as you fix your mind and your eyes on him, he can transform you. So don't strive for perfection, but trust God and seek him first. And men, as you seek God for yourself and pursue wisdom, God will help you care about the things he cares about. And Um, Be attracted to the things that he's attracted to. So quit focusing on external beauty of women. Be observant and pay attention to their
0: hearts. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, And, you know, I I love what Allison shared, though, you know, just a minute ago about how, you know, ultimately, I mean, it's, it's a high calling. It's like an impossible goal to be perfect in every possible way, to bring in those dividends, to not be a pig nose ring or whatever. Like that's it's hard. Uh, and so I love that Allison brought us back to the fact that, you know, ultimately we live by the life of Jesus Christ. Like that's, that's the reason that we can be here today. And and I know that for a lot of us right here, we've, we've trusted Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And that's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately the most important decision you're ever going to make. Not like, who am I going to wind up, you know, marrying? Not who am I going to wind up, you know, being with my roommate or what career am I going to choose? It's what do you believe? Who do you say that Jesus is? What do you say? And so this morning, we want to close out our time in worship by taking essentially a moment to remember what Christ has done through this really cool symbol given to us in scripture called uh, the Lord's Supper or communion. And this is a time for us to just simply remember that it is only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ uh, that we live, that we can be saved. Uh, When, Paul, the Apostle Paul, early church planner, is talking about the Lord's Supper to the early church. He describes it like this in 1 Corinthians 11, that I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. So do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread, every time you drink this cup, you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So as we close out with a couple songs, uh, I would just encourage you to spend some time, you know, we're going to pray into it in a moment to just sort of reflect, gather our thoughts. Um, be honest before the Lord, but, but also at the same time, man, as we enter into this time of worship, I would encourage you, maybe you stay seated where you are and you 're praying or maybe you 're sitting and singing, maybe you 're standing and singing. But, but as you feel led, um, doesn 't have to be everyone doesn't have to be all at once, doesn 't have to be at the beginning or whatever. but if you feel led during these last couple songs to go to a station, we 'll have like two up front, we 'll have three in the back uh, where there 's a couple volunteers who 've got some bread and some juice. And they are there to serve you communion. That that if you feel led to go and just, again, as Paul was saying, declare Christ's death till he comes. To declare, redeclare to yourself, like, this is what I'm about. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. If that's something that you want to take part in this morning, man, that's awesome. And we have these volunteers who are going to be ripping the bread for you. So we're not all touching the same bread. Corona. Right? So we're ready. Uh just to waylay your concerns. That was legitimately a whole conversation we had at our staff meeting. Uh, but we want to allow you the space to remember what Christ has done, because ultimately, man, that's why we're here. It's not just to gain wisdom. It's not to gain healthy life tips. It's not to learn how to do this or that. Man, It's 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 to hear from the Lord, and it's to recognize that Jesus is ultimately the greatest, the best pursuit we could ever have in our lives. So let's take a moment as we go into worship, in prayer. God, we thank you that you've given us the example of Christ to follow, that God, you've given us wisdom of Proverbs to, to learn from. Um, and Lord, we just, we ask that as we close out this morning and move on to other tasks and other responsibilities and other concerns, Lord, that, that we really would still carry with us the appreciation for what you've done through Jesus Christ. God, that even as we go to Super Bowl parties or go to our delayed Groundhog Day party, God, that you would uh, you would still be at the forefront of our mind. That we would not take for granted the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. That he would come, live, die, and r- rise again on our behalf. So if you would, take a moment right now and... As we enter into worship, I would encourage you just to flex that gratitude muscle. Like Allison said earlier, take a moment and thank the Lord for how He's been moving in your life. Maybe it was through a conversation or a, a new friend. Maybe it was through just a, a moment of, of stillness that you got this week that you weren't expecting. But thank the Lord for, for how He's been moving, for how He's been building you up um, in good times and in hard times. And as you thank Him and express that thankfulness, express that gratitude. I mean, we'll, we'll go back into worship. And we'll declare what Christ has done. So take this moment to express your thanks.